Management Research. Hello and welcome to the Management Research Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogdistov. Hello and welcome to the next episode in our mini-series on organizational capabilities. In our previous very short episode, we talked about the dynamic capabilities view, a kind of add-on, a third development of the capability-based view and resource-based view. Dynamic capabilities are those things that explain how organization can adapt to change environments, how it can rapidly change the existing routines and capabilities and work with its resource base in order to fit the requirements of the environment. Some scholars like Eisenhardt and Martin say that through the dynamic capability you can even create the market change. So you need dynamic capabilities not only to adapt but also to shape what is going to happen on the market. For instance, if you bring new products to the market, then you create a new market, you create a new competition, you create a new competitive advantage and the others have to adapt. Theoretically, dynamic capabilities are also about that. If we find a niche, if we find something that our customers would like to have, but what is not offered on the market, we can offer it and then theoretically we reconfigure the resource base of our organization and create something new where the others have to follow. Yet with dynamic capabilities, we had a problem with the whole view. Think about dynamic capabilities as a function of a capability, so something that has to take the existing capability and change them, or discover that there are no existing capabilities and we need to create them. At the same time, capability-based view offers you something like a function over the resource. So the capability is what you do with the resource in order to get profits, in order to get successful, and so on, in order to become successful. If you take dynamic capability and think of them as a function of a function of a resource, then you immediately come to the next question. Can there be a function of a function of a function of the resource in order to change the capability that allow you to change other capability that allow you to work better with your resources? And then you can think about the next level, the next dynamic capability that is aiming to change the dynamic capability, that is aiming to change the dynamic capability, that is aiming to change the capability that is aiming to work with your resource base, with your existing resource base. And this is the logical fallacy where you go up to ad infinitum. And it is one of the big criticism of dynamic capabilities and where do we have to stop with them? There was one interesting proposition by Schreyer and Klisch Eber. They proposed that the dynamic capability are self-reflective and autopoietic. Self-reflective means you need only one process that will look not only on the different other underrunning processes and capabilities and routines in order to change them, but also on itself. So your quality management should look not only on the regular processes within your organization, but also on itself and from time to time improve the quality management within your organization. It sounds very simple. And it's very logical, by the way, and autopoietic means that the, there is something that creates itself from itself. So it's a kind of interesting point of view coming from the system theory, modern system theory by Niklas Luhmann. Yet there is a big issue with this stuff with regard to if we, if we take the theoretic, theoretical point of view. There are 
two types of theories in this world. Those that are equilibrium oriented, like supply and demand. There is a demand, there should be a supply, and then they should outweigh each other. So they should become, they should get into a balance. The supply should be balanced by demand. Demand should be balanced by supply. The resource-based view belongs to the supply and demand types of theories. There is a change and we need to respond. If we want to be successful, we need to introduce something. And then we get into a kind of balance where we can remain sustainably successful over a long period of time. Yet there are also theories that are not equilibrium-oriented. For example, the evolutionary theory. In evolution there is no balance. There is a constant variation, there is a constant development in the animals, in the human beings, in all other living entities of this world, and they are constantly evolving through the variation and selection. There are new types and new species introduced over the time, and there is no like a kind of balance. There is a constant development. It is iterating vision of the development of this world. And now go back to the dynamic capabilities view. On the one hand, it comes from the resource-based view and should be demand and supply oriented. We have to track what is happening on the market, and if it happens, then we need to respond with the reconfiguration of our resource base. And it seems like it is equilibrium-oriented theory. Yet, when Shryak and Klish Eberl proposed the idea of self-reflection and being autopoietic, then all of a sudden they introduced a completely different type of theory. They said that they, the dynamic capabilities view is not equilibrium-oriented theory. It is much closer to evolutionary theory through this variation and selection that allow us to evolve over time and the balance is never reached. And from the practitioner's point of view, it really doesn't matter. But from the theory's point of view, it is a big issue because dynamic capabilities view is then not an add-on to the capability and the resource-based views, but it is a completely different distinct theory with a completely different assumptions that is not commensurable with other theories. It means it's not compatible. It has a different assumption. It has different assumption of the nature of the things that happen on the markets or within the firm. And we are still in this theoretical issue. I think the German-speaking research community tries to address it because they see there is a big issue with the theory. The uh, English-speaking community usually focuses more on the pragmatical point of view, how we can deal with it, how we can deal with the dynamism, what we can do with it, and what kind of assumptions of the theories are behind is not so important. So a kind of relativistic approach. Anything goes and we can still work with it. And the, let's say, the common law countries point of view goes not far away from the practitioner's point of view. They don't really care is it equilibrium or non-equilibrium oriented concept, just because as long as it works, as long as it brings results, it matters and we can use it. But it depends on what is your stance, it depends on what is your goal, and if you make research on dynamic capabilities, you have to think about what is your understanding, because it will have impact on how you conceptualize the concept, on how you operationalize it, on how you measure it, and how you work with it, and what actually you assume is going to happen in the future. Will there be a balance? Is there a kind of striving towards a balance, or is there no striving towards a balance? Is there constantly a constant evolution of firms within the market?
With this interesting thought, I'm going to leave you here, and in the next episode, we are going to talk about the structure of a dynamic capability, how it looks like, and how you can approach and how you can measure it. Wish you all the best, good luck, and see you next time. Bye-bye.